0: All right. Hey, so something I like to do, something I like to do uh, before we jump into the word is to pray. You know, Jesus, when He's talking about our lives, talking about our hearts, especially in regards to thank you, uh, receiving the word of God, is He He talks about our hearts and our lives like soil, and there's different kinds of soil. So I want like to pray, man, before before I receive the word of God, before I hear the word of God, is God, would You make me good soil, good soil to receive Your word? That it don't want to be hard and knotted up soil, rocky soil, the word just bounces right off and I just leave this room same as I came in. right? What a waste of time that would be. You need to come in here to leave this room the same way you came in, right? Uh, but no, God, would you till up the soil of my heart? You guys know farmers, they got the different farming tools and they till up the soil to make it nice and soft. God, would you do that in my heart? Right now, let's pray that. Father, would you till up the soil of our hearts? God, give us soft hearts, God, that would be good soil to receive your word. God, that your word, the word of God, would implant in our hearts and grow and take root, God, and shape and mold us to be the men and women of God that you want us to be, God. Would you do what you please with our lives? God, that your word would grow in us and bear a harvest of faith, a harvest of righteousness in our lives. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, would you speak tonight, God? God, I've got a message, but Holy Spirit, would you speak only what you want spoken and nothing else? God, do with us what you please, open up our our hearts, open up our ears to receive from you. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. All right. How many guys uh, engaged with Calpha online through a a family group in the last few weeks? Several of you have. Um, And I, I love, even if we couldn't be in person, man, that was an option, a way we could still connect. Man, I heard, I heard great stories from some of y'all's family groups. I dropped in on some of y'all's family groups uh, and some of those discussions, and they were really, really good. There's no, no way to make that not awkward. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 but yes, excited to be back in person. We're going to continue the same series. I say that because we're going to continue the same series we've been doing uh, in the family groups. Uh, tonight, that's uh, the next part of our, what we're calling Sent, is the series title, Sent, because we're talking about you know, what it means to live lives as though we were sent by God. Because if you're a believer, if you put your trust in Jesus, you have been, right? You've been sent by God. You're not here by accident. You're not anywhere by accident. Any situation you find yourself in, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been sent there with a purpose. And so that's what we've been talking about in the series uh, what it means to be sent by God and how that gives you purpose in every single situation you find yourself in. So we're going to be continuing that tonight. During the, during the time of talking to the person next to you, I had you guys ask the question of when is a time that you got very, very lost? I'm going to share about a time that I got really lost. Uh, when I was my freshman year in college, right? I was in Knoxville, University of Tennessee. Uh, it was Thanksgiving break, And I was driving, not to Memphis, but to my aunt and uncle's house in Alabama for Thanksgiving. It was the Thanksgiving holiday. Mom and dad said, hey, we're doing Thanksgiving at at, at your aunt's house. So drive down there. So I'm making the drive from Knoxville uh, to to, to Alabama, uh, to Tuscumbia. Um, I've never been there, certainly that way before. I didn't know where I was going. uh, But I was confident, that 18 year old, confident that I could find it. (laughs) This was before smartphones. Not to date myself too severely. This was before smartphones. This was before uh, Google, the GPS. Even the some of you guys remember Garmin's, maybe from when y'all were in kindergarten. Your parents maybe had a. This was before. This is before that. This is before that. What we had is something called MapQuest. Yes. This is a website you can go to and look. It's kind of like Google Maps, but worse. Google Maps, <laughs> worse, and it would list. Turn-by-turn turn directions. You know, step one. Turn on this dress. Step two. And you would print that out from a printer, and then you would have that piece of paper that you looked at while you drive. Does it sound crazy? This was, this was life, like pre... Free 2007 or so, free the image of the smartphone. Uh, so this is what I did. So I printed out the MapQuest directions from Knoxville to Tuscumbia, Alabama. it take this many hours. It had this many you know, 20, 30 steps of the roads I turn on, then turn on this highway, then turn on this road. And I'm following it, and I'm good. I made it out of Tennessee. Hey, so far, so good. Right, I think I went through the top, little tip corner of Georgia there into Alabama. Okay, we've got some problems now. Um, Because some of the turns didn't look to me like how they were described on my MapQuest paper that I printed out. Now there's no other, it's printed out. Like there's no other way to double check. There's no back. Now when you go the wrong way and you've got the GPS, what does it say? Recalculating. There's no recalculating on the piece of paper. I go the wrong way. I'm committed. And so I've I've convinced myself that instead of going to North Alabama towards Tuscumbia, I've, I've made a wrong turn and I'm now going down south towards Birmingham. And I've got no way to know for sure. Again, I'm 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 young and stupid. I don't know how signs work and stuff and so on. Like I'm I'm second guessing everything, and I'm lost. Long story short, I'm lost. This piece of paper, like the the only way you can backtrack your steps, but that's not really anything. There's no there's no recalculating. There's no rerouting. I I'm lost in Alabama. I don't know if you guys do this when you get lost. I go faster. Like I speed up because I think, well then maybe I'll see something I recognize. I've never been there before. I don't know what landmark I was hoping to see. but maybe I'll see a sign that says, Matt, you're going the right way. Yes. Or, Matt, your aunt's house is five miles this way. So I speed up. I'm, I'm going faster than the speed limit. I'm confessing to y'all, right? James 5 says confess your sins to one another. Uh, I'm driving faster because of the anxiety or whatever. I think if I go faster, I'll see a sign and then I'll know I'm on the right track. So I'm, I'm going faster than I should. I'm still lost, but I'm lost and going fast, which is a combo there. Then I see the lights behind me in uh, my rearview window. I see the red and blue lights. Some of you guys have seen those before. Hopefully hopefully you don't have to see them often uh, for, for speeding. And, and so I pull over and it, I, I'm gonna be really honest. I had two emotions. One, oh this is really bad because I'm gonna get a speeding ticket because <laughs> I'm going way too fast. And then the other emotion was relief because oh this police officer can tell me which way to go, help no, me not to get lost. And so when he came, the guy comes to the window, uh, you know, you, you know why I pulled you over, all that kind of stuff. And I said, yeah, I was speeding, but thank you so much that you're here. How do I get to? That's <laughs> me to of Alabama. So I did get a ticket. I did get a ticket. But then he also said, yeah, you just you need to go down this highway here, and he he got me where I needed to go. So I was thankful for that. But I was really lost. I was really yeah. lost. Um, You guys have all probably, at some point, had the experience of being lost, of saying, I do not know where I am, I do not know how to get to where I need to go, I need help, I need help, I need directions, I need help. Maybe it was the first day of class, right, freshman year, first day of class, you need to find your classes, and you've got got the the time, and the the course number, and the, the building, and the room number, but I don't know where this building is. Right, there's some buildings that have the same or similar names, but they're different buildings. Can you throw out some examples? Smith. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, so there, there's some, some. I don't know where this is. Right, I need, I need help. Somebody help me. I, I, I'm already a freshman, and now I look like a freshman because so I'm like, where's this building? <laughs> Calvin, in the past, has done an outreach where we, on the first day of class, help help freshmen find their classes. Like, we'll be there with you on know, signs saying, like, help me. Help me find your class. Uh, at University of Arkansas, we'd, we'd have golf carts. We drive. Hey, hop in the golf cart. I'll drive you to your class. Where are you going? Because you look lost as can be. I can see it in your <laughs> eye. Um, we get lost. We all need help sometimes, and so we get lost. Um, and, and it's good to be that to be that, that friend. I mean, you see a student that looks like they don't know where they're going. Say, like, Hey, let me help you find your class. Getting lost is a terrible feeling. We've all had times that we needed help. We needed clear direction, uh, clear help to know which way that we should go. Uh, it's one thing getting lost trying to find your class. It's one thing getting lost trying to find your aunt's house on the way to Thanksgiving dinner. It's a whole other thing to be lost in the sense of the general direction of your life. See, what am I doing with my life? Hey, what is this? You know, got, And the big major issues of life. Like, what should I major in? They tell me I need a major. They tell me I can't just hang out here for four years, but I have to like take classes and declare a major and then eventually graduate. Uh, Mom and Dad are telling me the same thing, but God, I have no idea. I'm lost. I've got, I've got to come up with a career. i got to do something with my life. I, I, I don't know. I'm lost. I need direction. I need guidance. I would like to be married someday, right? I would like a husband. I'd like a wife, but there's so many, and I don't know which one. God, I need guidance. I need direction. I want your help, your input on these major life decisions. Sometimes we can get lost in this stuff. God, I need help. God, I need direction on these major things. We don't want to be lost, right? We want to have a clear plan. We want to be guided uh, and have that clear direction. I want to encourage you that as believers, you can trust that God will guide and direct your life. He promises to do so. As believers, we can trust the Lord to guide our lives, especially if we've yielded our lives to Him and are allowing Him to use us uh, for His kingdom and for His glory, for allowing Him to send Uh, If if we're in that posture before God saying, God, my life is yours, right? Whatever you want to do with me, wherever you want to send me, however you want to use me, when you've postured yourself before the Lord like that, he is going to guide you. He's going to direct you. He's going to make sure that you're going in the right direction and you're going to end up where you need to go. So we've been studying the New Testament book of Acts together in our family groups uh, these last couple weeks. We've been talking about knowing your purpose in life as a believer is that you've been sent. So like I said earlier, you don't just happen to be in this situation or that situation. God has sent you there with a clear purpose. And when you know uh, what that purpose is, right, when you know what that purpose is, then you can step into that situation with confidence. You can allow the Lord to use you. So we've been talking the last several weeks about the different ways um, and knowing that we're sent informs how we live. Uh, Last week we talked about how when we know that we've been sent with a purpose, we're going to share the gospel with lost people. We're going to share about the hope we found in Jesus with people that are far from God instead of just going to other Christians and telling them how they're doing it wrong, right? So we talked about that in family group that, that uh, and sometimes some people just want to criticize what, what it seems like other believers are doing wrong. But then when we know that we've been sent by God, we're not going to waste our time with that nonsense. know, there's too many people that are lost and far from God. I'm going to go, with, go to them. I'm going to share Jesus with them. And it's God's heart for each and every one of us uh, that we would share the hope we found in Jesus with other people. Uh, that the hope we found in Jesus, man, the good news of what God's done in our life, we would share that with others, with friends and family members and coworkers and classmates and strangers, right? Whoever will listen, and here's the good news of Jesus. Here's what Jesus has done for me. It's God's will for your life that, that you would allow him to send you to those people and use you in that way. That you would be his representative. That you would be his ambassador. If you guys don't know, uh, the name Chi Alpha, the name of our organization, Chi Alpha, uh, gets its inspiration from Christ's ambassadors. So when you see Chi Alpha, where that Greek name coming from? It's just a collegiate-sounding name to evoke in your mind the, the, the memory of we are Christ's ambassadors, right? Inspired by 2 Corinthians 5.20, where Paul tells us that all of us, as believers, are Christ's ambassadors, pleading with people to be reconciled to God. What is an ambassador, right? The United States has ambassadors, these diplomats that are all over the world, right? Almost every country in the world, there's a U.S. ambassador there. They're there to represent the interests of the United States to that, that, that people, to say, hey, here's what the U.S. is all about. Here's what the U.S. is interested in, right? And then they report back home. Well, Paul says that you are Christ's ambassadors, right? You're Jesus's ambassadors. So you think, Caiapha, Christ's ambassador. So you're an ambassador for Jesus, right? You are here in this world, however long God has you here, the next 80, 90, 100 years, God has you here uh, not just to hang out, but you are an ambassador for Jesus. You are here in this world representing a foreign kingdom. Do you know that? You're here in this world representing a foreign king to people around you that do not know him, do not love him, do not serve him. What an honor, right, to be Christ's ambassador. So that's what Calvin means. When you see calvin we oh yeah, Christ's ambassador. I'm here on this campus as a representative for Jesus, an ambassador for Jesus. And that word, uh, ambassadors, also the same word we get uh, uh, for, for the word apostle, just means sent one, right? So if you're an ambassador, you are a sent one. If you're an apostle, low, lowercase a apostle, I mean, going out for God, allowing Him to use you, uh, you are a sent person. Somebody say sent. sent. <laughs> That's it, you got it. When we live as Christ's ambassadors, we don't have to worry about getting off track with the direction of our life. We can trust the Lord is going to guide us every step of our lives. So in the text we're looking at tonight, we're jumping back into the book of Acts. Paul is embarking on his second major missionary journey. This is missionary journey number two. Say number two. We're going to see how the Lord guided him when he needed major direction as well. Paul needed direction, right? He's stepping out on a missionary journey. It's only his second one of these, right? He needs God to guide him and direct him. And God does guide him and direct him, and he does it in some really unusual ways. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. So if you're taking notes, we're going to look at four distinct ways that the Lord guides people who have yielded their lives to him to be ambassadors for him. We're going to be in Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 36. Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 36, how God guides and directs our lives. Acts 15, starting in verse 36, says, After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. If you guys remember John Mark, uh, he had started out on the first missionary journey with them, made it to Cyprus, things got intense, and John Mark said, I'm out. We don't know exactly what, but... You could guess. Exactly. <laughs> this is intense. I'm not sure about this. I can't continue on the journey. Uh, he deserted the team, right? Uh, Barnabas is like, man, let's, let's give dude a second chance. Man, he's young. Man, he got freaked out. Let's give him a second chance. Let's bring him along. Paul says, no, he was a deserter. He quit on us. We're not bringing him along. right? So there is a, some conflict, some disagreement here. Verse 38, but Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. These guys were best friends, man. Really close associates. They'd gone on missionary journeys together, preached the gospel in cities. They'd been uh, jumped, been beat up, run out of town. These guys were tight. And their disagreement about whether or not to bring John Mark was so intense, so sharp, that they they went separate ways. They said, hey, we're going to have to go separate ways on this. We're going to have to disagree on this. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed to Cyprus. Verse 40, Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. So, man, this is a major disagreement. Some of you guys have had this, man, a big blowout fight with a friend, a big falling out fight with a friend. Nobody likes that, right? That's not fun for anybody. Some people like drama and conflict more than others, but nobody likes to have the big... Big blowout fight with a friend where y'all have to end up going separate ways, um, and so I, I mean you know you know that Paul Paul's heart is hurt over this right? He's upset over this. He says, "Man, I really don't think bringing John Mark's a good idea." And Barnabas is like, oh, "I really think it is a good idea. Give him a second chance, man. Let's show let's show some grace like we've been preaching about." Uh, and, and they they disagree. They go separate ways. Um, we can see you know with the you know two thousand years of perspective how God used it. Instead of one missionary team, now he's got two missionary teams going in different directions, right? So we can see how God used it for his glory, but think about what it would have been like to be in the middle of it. In the middle of that fight, I felt terrible. I mean, that hurts your heart. No one likes to fight with a friend. So the first way we talk about how God guides and directs our life is that he even works through conflicts, disagreements, and difficult circumstances. That's not how we want God to guide our life. right? We want God to send us an email and say, hey, here's what you need to do. Right? Or call us on the phone or send us a letter uh, you know, or, or have the pastor say, you know, let's say the Lord, you yeah, right. That's how we want God to guide us like that. We don't want the God to guide us through conflicts and fights with, with with friends and loved ones and disagreements, but He does sometimes guide that way, right? That when you're in the middle of a difficult situation, can you say, God, how are You at work in this? How are You guiding my life, even in this difficult situation? 2021 and 2020 before it has been nothing but a nonstop string of difficult situations, right? It feels like just one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. I and mean, could God be at work even in these things to guide and direct your life? Right? Did any of this catch God by surprise? No, it didn't. And it stinks to go through it. I and mean, nobody likes to go through it. But God can work even in these things. So he works through our conflicts, through our disagreements. God works through difficult circumstances to guide our life. I and mean, God works through those tough situations, those tough Uh, Seasons in a variety of different ways. And sometimes he uses those seasons to stretch us, to grow us, right? Being in the, the thick of that conflict matures us, makes us grow up, makes us trust him more, increases our patience. You know, sometimes he can use it to separate us from people that are sending us in the wrong direction, right? And sometimes when you're in a sharp disagreement with somebody, it's just time to say, hey, you go that way, I'm gonna go this way. Uh, still love you, so going to pray for you, right? But, um, but sometimes God uses that to separate us from people. They're not bad people, but they're going to send you in the wrong direction for your life, right? And so sometimes God will work in disagreements in that way. So continuing on, we're going to be in uh, yeah, Acts chapter 16. We're going kind to of pick up in verse one. So it says, Paul and Silas, now separated from Barnabas and John Mark, Paul and Silas, it says, Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy, His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was Greek. His father was a Gentile. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. So, first stop on the journey, uh, on this new missionary journey, they meet this guy named Timothy. Timothy's mom was a Jewish lady who who taught him taught him about Yahweh, taught him about the Hebrew God. Dad was a Gentile. Dad was a Greek, and so he grew up in in that culture. And so, a ways. And he kind of had one foot in each culture, right? He had one foot kind of in that Jewish culture. He knew about God. Uh, he, he knew some of the scriptures and also was in that Greek Gentile culture. Um, and so, in a way, this guy Timothy perfectly embodied in a person how God had called Paul to the Gentiles. When I mean, Paul grew up, this Jewish guy, right? Uh, devoted to the Lord, devoted to, to scripture. But God had called him to be a missionary to the Greeks, to the Gentiles, right? To the non-Jewish people. And here you've got this guy, Mom's a Jewish lady, right? Dad, dad's a Greek Gentile. He's a perfect embodiment. Like, Timothy, you're exactly what I need. Mean. Like, you are perfect, perfect, perfect for our team. Uh, the next way that God guides us and encourages us is He puts people in our lives to encourage us and assure us that we're on the right path. I had you guys ask your name, man. What's someone that really encouraged you when you needed it? Maybe somebody, God sent somebody into your life at just the right time to be that encouragement. To you. Man, I feel like Timothy came into Paul's life at just the right time. Can you imagine how discouraged he must have been? Right? He started the second missionary journey to start the thing with a big falling out with your best friend. Like, man, God, I know I'm supposed to go and preach the gospel, or I know I'm supposed to get people saved. but This is tough, this is tough. And I feel like God sent Timothy to Paul at just the right time to encourage him. No, Paul, you're doing the right thing, you're on the right track. In fact, here's this dude and full of faith, full of the Lord, who's both Gentile and, and Jew, all in one, you're on the right path, you're doing it. God will put people in your life in a similar way to encourage you that you're on the right path. You know, to, to, to say, no, you're, you're going the right way. This is the way that you should go. To be that kind of confirmation, that assurance that yeah, this is what I have for you, right? God, God, God can speak through mentors and spiritual authority figures to, to God and direct and confirm things that He's been speaking to you. In your own personal time with Him. Uh, but God will do this. So bring people into your life at just the right time to encourage you. Hey, is this is the way you should go. Uh, then this is what God wants for you. And I believe He used Timothy in much that way. There's something kind of curious here, I man, if you've been tracking with this in family groups, that He has Timothy circumcised. Didn't we just spend like the whole last chapter talking about how Gentiles didn't need to be circumcised, or they didn't need to submit themselves? Uh, to that law. So what is that about? That would be a perfectly normal question to ask. And what world is that about? Um, I believe, I believe he's having him uh, be circumcised because he knows. I mean their, their main method of preaching the gospel as is they're is traveling uh, throughout the region is to go to a town and then find the synagogue there and preach first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. Uh, and so so making sure that you, you're following the Jewish law, there, particularly circumcision was a, was a way that they preaching to the Jews, it wouldn't be an obstacle, it wouldn't be an issue when they showed up in the town. The Jews wouldn't just run them right out of town they, They'd be able to listen, right? Paul didn't want anything to be an obstacle that would keep people from coming to Jesus, right? He tells us in First Corinthians that, um, man, I'm going to become all things to all people so that people can get saved. So to the Greeks, I'm going to be like a Greek. And to the Jews, I'm going to be like a Jew. And think about that in your, in your own... Setting, man. In 2021, in Memphis, right there, you've got different kinds of people in your life, right? And so, so to, you're going to relate to them in different ways. You talk to your mom kind a different way than you talk to your best friend, right? You talk to your professor a different way than you maybe talk to your classmates. Um, and, and you're going to figure out, I man, how do I relate to people? And and so this was an important point of relation, man. If we're going to go to these towns and and and, and preach the Jews, preaching the synagogues, it's, it's important that Timothy be. Circumcised. He doesn't have to. He doesn't. We're not under that law anymore. We're free in Christ. But we don't want anything to be an obstacle to people coming to Christ. So I believe that's what that is. Been trying to, 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 to. for the Jews, I became like the Jews. For the Gentiles, I became like the Gentiles. And that Timothy was willing to do it. It shows you how stand up a guy he was. said, like, yeah, man. I'm willing to do anything for the Lord. Let's go. Uh, so, so Timothy is an enormous encouragement uh, to to Paul. We know how dearly uh, t- t- Paul loved Timothy because because the rest of the New Testament, when we get two letters. Right, uh, 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 from, from Paul to Timothy, encouraging him. Timothy goes on to be an important church leader and, and a pastor, and a major, major influential figure uh, that God uses in a big way. So that's number two. He puts people in your life to encourage you and assure you that you're on the right path. Let's continue in verse six. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. They're to go north, right? Simple, simple. Where they're at geographically is what is now modern day Turkey, right? So they're they're in, uh, they're kind of um, just above the Mediterranean Sea. What's now, what's now Turkey, that's the area of Galatia. Then, and they're wanting to go north. They want to go like up north, like into Europe, I guess, what, what, what you would say. Uh, Paul said, I think it'd really be cool to go up there. We went west last time. Let's go north this time and share the gospel with people there. And he tries to go in, and we don't know exactly. But it doesn't work out. It's not happening. Can't do it. Try again? Can't do it. It says Jesus prevented them from going. For some reason, the Holy Spirit prevented them from going. They want to go north? No. The doors closed. We're not going north. Can't go north. Verse nine, that night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once and have concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Another way that God guides and directs our lives is sometimes he closes doors to prevent us from going the wrong way. They wanted to go north, right? They wanted to head up north, Right, head up north, maybe into, into Europe there and preach. But the door was closed. And, and Luke doesn't tell us exactly what that is, what exactly that, that was. Um, but the door was closed. What they wanted to do didn't happen. Holy Spirit said, no, I'll go this way instead. Give them a vision of someone from northern Greece saying, hey, come preach to us instead. Uh, come and help us instead. Um, and so that's a way that God can guide and direct us is by closing doors. Have you ever had a door close on you? Of course, everybody has, right? Have you ever had that opportunity that you were really, really hoping for? And it just didn't work out. Just the door closed, it's not happening. It's disappointing, right? It's discouraging in the moment. Um, Maybe you've got something you've been hoping for, you've had your eye on, for weeks, for months, maybe years, like, man, I want to do this thing. And it's just a closed door. So no, it's just not going to happen.
1: In the moment that can be like, man,
0: it's discouraging. That's what I was wanting to do sometimes God guides us through closed doors. God knows the best way for you to go, right? God, God, God knows how to close the door when it's not time for you to go that way. When we're stubborn or we're not listening and say, no, I'm going to go this way, sometimes God just has to say, no, I'm going to take that opportunity off the table because that's the wrong way for you, right? And so he can guide and direct you a different way. Um, I and mean, everybody's experienced that where you had a big opportunity you're excited for and it just kind of seems like life says, nope, it's not happening, Some of you guys, there's been major stuff this year. You thought this year was going to look different than it has. And there's been closed doors. There's been disappointments. But I want to encourage you that God works through closed doors. And God knows what's best for your life. He's a good father who knows how to take good care of his children. He's going to make sure that his ultimate purpose for your life will prevail. His will for your life will be done and nothing can stop it, right? So we don't have to worry when there's a closed door. Man, it's natural to be disappointed but help us help us Holy Spirit to have your perspective help us have God's perspective that okay God if this door is closed it must not be the right way show me where I'm supposed to go God I trust you're going to open the right door for me to step through um, those situations are frustrating in the moment and often God uses those closed doors to guide our lives if he didn't want you to go through that door there's probably a good reason for it I don't let my kids well they're, they're bigger now but when they're little I don't, they don't let my kids play in the street right and say, man, I don't want you to go that way. It's not safe for you. It's not good for you. You don't have to understand it, right? But you're not going that way, right? I'm not letting you go in here. Uh, and, and maybe God says, hey, I, I know what's best, and it's not behind this door. I know you want to go there, daughter. I know you want to go there, son. But it's not, not what's best. So I'm going to close that door. Uh, if he doesn't want you going through the door, he's got a good reason for it. Um, but man, when he when He closes the door, it's closed. But also the good news is when he opens the door, it's open, now, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 uh, says this about the Lord. Um, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. God can open doors of opportunity for you. And a major way that he's going to direct your life is simply by closing and opening doors. That, that seems like too simple, right? But, but that's a major way that God will direct your life. Is you'll know, I want to go this way. I can't go this way. Let me try to go this way. Oh, well, this door is open. Okay, I'll just kind of march this way. And, and and that's a way the Holy Spirit will guide and direct us. You know, God and certainly and God, God can lead us uh, and direct us when we're in times of prayer. And we believe Holy Spirit can, can speak to us and uh, and give us clarity and direction. I mean, there's also these kind of more unusual ways that He guides us as well. He works in conflict. We don't like it, but He works in it, right? Uh, he works by sending people into our life to encourage us that we're on the right path. Sometimes He closes doors. We don't like it, but that, that's a way that God guides us and directs us. Something interesting here, I and mean, as, as we're looking at the scripture, uh, that we see uh, a change-up uh, there, there in the grammar, that we go from third person to, to first person. It goes from they to we, right there on verse 10. Uh, who, who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Luke was a, a physician, a doctor. And so this is around when Luke joined the missionary team. So perhaps, some scholars think perhaps this closed door, what kept uh, Paul from from moving north when he wanted to move north was maybe an illness. Maybe he had an illness, maybe there was a medical issue. He's like, man, I want to go north, but can't because of X, Y, Z. We don't know, uh, but Luke, the physician, joins the team at that time. And Now we start getting the the first-person perspective of we go here, we went over here. Um, And God can sometimes even work through illness. Nobody likes being sick, right? Sometimes God has a purpose, and even then... And so, so that's something, something interesting. Luke has joined the team, uh, and, and we can trust that God can guide and direct our lives, even sometimes through closed doors. Let read this last uh, portion of, uh, of the scripture here, um, continuing in verse 11. So because they're going to go north, they went west, and they ended up in a, a port city called uh, Troas. Uh, so we boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of some month race? Your, your guess is as good as mine. And the next day, we landed in Neapolis, and from there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia, and it was a Roman colony. And we stayed there for several days. Verse 13 On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought the people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. So they arrive in this town. God closed the door where they wanted to go. Okay, God will go this way, I guess. And they arrive in this town and it says they... They're just trying to figure it out. They go to a riverbank. Hey, maybe maybe there's people hanging out by the riverbank. Maybe there's people hanging out there, praying there, talking there, that we can share the gospel with. So they go to this riverbank, and there are there's some women there hanging out. So so Paul and they strike up a conversation. Paul preaches the gospel, and Luke tells us about this lady named Lydia. Um, now this is remarkable uh, what we're told about Lydia. This is a wealthy lady. She's a well. She's a CEO of a clothing company, right? Like like, like she's doing it big. Um, and uh, it says she's a dealer in expensive purple cloth. We know that she's wealthy because she has her own house, right? She has her own house. So this is you know, 2,000 years ago when women were owning like whole houses. We know it's a large house because she then hosted Paul and Silas and Timothy and, and Luke and then their whole, their whole band, maybe about a dozen guys in this missionary band, hosted them in her home. So this is a wealthy entrepreneur lady. That's Lydia. Lydia, she's the, what's the Jenner sister who has the clothing company? Kylie, is that Kylie? She's a Kylie Jenner of ancient Greece, okay? Wealthy, wealthy lady. man. And it says it, that she, she loved the Lord but hadn't heard the gospel about Jesus, right? So she hears the gospel about Jesus and then she responds to it. The Bible tells us the Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened her heart. And honestly, that's, that's the only way people can even come to God is if the Lord opens her heart, if the Holy Spirit opens our heart. The uh, Holy Spirit gives them the ability to receive uh, the word of God and believe it. Uh, So the Lord opens her heart, and she receives it. She's baptized. Um, Her whole household is baptized. She invites them in to be her guests. Uh, And so the final, we're talking about the way God guides our lives, God directs our lives, especially if our lives have been yielded to him, saying, God, I want to be your ambassador. Send me where you want me to go. The final thing is he's going to lead you to people that need Jesus. He's going to put people on your path that need Jesus. He's going to open their hearts to the gospel. That means that leaves you to share the gospel with them, right? If you really trust God is guiding and directing your life, and you're a Christian, God's put people in your life that need Jesus. He's already done it, right? You can you probably don't have to think very long to think about okay, who's in my life that's far from God? What family member? What friend? What classmate? What coworker? Is far from God? God's already put them in your life, right? If God's guiding and directing your life, He's going to put people in your path who need Jesus, and not only that, He's going to open their hearts. So when you share about Jesus, they can receive it. Right? When you share about, hey, listen, can I, can I talk to you about what Jesus has done for me? I mean, this is what my life was before. It was a hot mess, right? And then, and then Jesus stepped in, and here's what he's done for me now, and I've found peace in him and hope in him. And man, have you ever experienced that? And God's going to use you to share the hope you found in Christ with other people. Holy Spirit's going to open their heart, and people are going to get saved because of you. Because of you. Right? That's how God wants to guide your life. If you let him guide you to people that need Jesus, he's going to continue to do it again and again and again. There's no greater thrill. No greater thrill to be able to pray with someone and lead someone to the Lord and see them accept Jesus, see them grow in their relationship with God. He leads us to people who need Jesus. And then he opens their hearts to the gospel. Saint Lydia, wealthy, wealthy merchant, wealthy CEO of the clothing company, Lydia. Um, and Lydia probably had it all. Sorry, as far as all the things this world had to offer, she had money. And a lot of it, right? She had money. She had power. But her life was missing something, right? She said, man, I, life's missing. The money didn't buy it. Money didn't satisfy it. Uh, all this wealth, all this power. Man, big old house didn't satisfy it. Popular with the rest of the women didn't satisfy it. There's something Paul's preaching about, I need that. I need Jesus. And the Lord opened her heart and she gave her life to Christ. You can trust the Lord to guide your life. I hope that's encouraging for some people. Some people feel just directionless right now in this season. I want to encourage. It's probably perfectly normal in this season to just feel like, God, "What am I even doing with my life? Well, I don't even know which way's up. Which way do you want me to go?" I'm like Matt with his paper map quest directions, like, "Where do I even go with my life?" But I want to encourage you. You can trust God to guide your life, and God's a good Father. He does not want you. Stumbling around in the dark. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. He's a good father. Jash yes, and I have three children. Uh, I, mean, I, don't, I don't want them to just stumble around aimlessly, right? I, I want to help them. I want to guide them. I want to uh, assist them any way that I can. I want to be a help to them. How much more, our Heavenly Father? He wants to guide you and direct you. He doesn't want you walking into walls and stumbling around. He wants to direct your paths. And so when we live our lives yielded to him, we can trust that he's going to do it. He does it some unusual way. Sometimes he'll do it through a, through a fight, through a conflict, through a really difficult situation that we do not like, but he works through it to guide and direct us. Sometimes he puts people in our lives to encourage us that we're on the right path just when we need it. We're down, we're discouraged. He puts that purpose in our life to say, no, you're on the right path. Keep going, keep going. He closes doors sometimes to keep us from going the wrong way, and I'm glad he does, mean, Looking back on my life, there's maybe some doors that I wanted to go through. I'm so glad that I didn't and then there's a country song to that effect. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for those closed doors, right? And then also, we can trust that every single time He's going to lead you to people that need Jesus. You already have people in your life that need Jesus. So it almost in a way, we don't need to be led there. We just need to be obedient, right? Holy Spirit, help me to be obedient. God, give me those opportunities. In the next conversation I have with this person, give me an opportunity to share Jesus, and to ask them about their faith, to share the hope that I've found in you. Amen. God's going to guide us. God's going to direct us. I want to take some time to pray. Because some of you guys, some of you guys, I mean, one-on-one, and I've got coffee with, I've got lunch with, I've Facetime with, and I've heard, man, I need guidance. I need direction. I need God to show me which way to go. Uh, and, and this message is exactly for you. I'd like to pray with us tonight that God would do that. Would you guys bow your heads? God, you are a good, good father. You're a good father who knows how to take good care of your children. God, you promised throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New, to guide us and direct us, to guide our steps, to direct our paths, God. God, particularly when our lives are yielded to you, when we're obedient to you, we can trust that you are going to guide us and direct us. It may not always look how we want it to look. It may look unusual, God, but you're faithful to do it. And so, God, for the students that are here tonight, and the staff, and the alumni, God, we all need guidance and direction, God. I pray, Lord, that you would direct our path where we feel lost, where we feel like we're stumbling in the dark. God, would you grab us by the hand? Would you help us to know that you are near, that you are close, that we don't go through it alone, that you're right here with us? God, would you give us clarity and wisdom and direction about what the next step is? Which way would you have us go? God, what's your will for our life? What do you want us to do, God? God, if there's a way we're going that's not where you want us to go, God, would you make that abundantly clear? Would you close doors? Uh, and keep us from going the wrong way, God. God, would you put people in our lives uh, to speak into our lives, to encourage us, God. God, friends and mentors and uh, authority figures that can speak into our life and encourage us and give us that wise counsel, that godly advice uh, as as we're taking these steps and trying to figure out the direction of our life, God. And God, God, would you help us with the, the, the people that you place in our life that are far from you, Uh, Holy Spirit, would you help us to to just be obedient to you, God, and share our faith with them, to share Jesus with them, and trust that you're going to open up their hearts to receive it. God, we are your ambassadors, your sent ones, God. Uh, Use us for your kingdom and for your glory in Jesus' name. And We trust that as we're obedient to you, you're going to guide us exactly where you want us to go, God. Your plans for us are good because you're a good Father. And we know that you have the best in store for us, God, and that's what we want. We don't want what seems right in our own eyes, what seems good in our own eyes. God, we want your best, your best, your will for our life, God. So we trust you to guide us. We trust you to direct us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Still, with every head bowed, if there's anyone tonight that would say, uh, man, I I, I know, I need that guidance. I need that direction. I know that right now I'm I'm far away from God. I need to come back to Jesus tonight. I need to put my trust in Jesus uh, and, and make it right with God tonight. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I can agree with you in prayer? man, I know I'm far away from God. I know I'm not where I need to be. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, would you draw us close to you? Would you draw us close to you? God, in this season where it's so easy to get off track, to get distracted, God, would you draw us close in a close relationship with you? Would you bring us to a place of humility, and repentance if there's stuff we're doing we're not supposed to be doing? God, help us to repent, to lay that down and live lives that are pleasing to you, God. God, use us in the lives of the people around you. Use us for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We we'll love you guys. Thank you so much. We'll be back in here next Thursday night. And hopefully, God willing, the, the rest of the Thursday nights uh, of the semester. So remember, We Live Missions Week is next week. If you came in after we did announcements, we're doing We Live Missions Week Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, uh, Thursday next week. I'm a different missionary speaking each day. Uh, I would love for you to jump in with that. I think it's going to really bless you, really encourage you. And uh, I mean, we'll email email you, text you so you have details about that. All right. I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming up in uh, I mean, my fellowship. Don't know, feel like I'm kicking you kicking you right out. Uh, but, I mean, so so excited to hear. here. love you guys. There you go. <laughs>